You know, we're going to shake it up a little bit this morning. Uh, I'm pretty excited about the talk that, uh, that I've prepared for you. I hope it encourages you. Um, but what I want to do right now is I want to bring somebody on the stage that experienced the healing recently. And uh, I'd like for him to come on up right now. Uh, Philip, where are you? Uh, Philip Starnes. Are you in the room? Philip, Philip. Excellent. Philip Starnes, come on up here. Give him a round of applause real quick. You know, every single Sunday, somebody gets healed at Celebration. Usually, it's multiple people, um, but every story is different. So, uh, Philip, share everybody with everybody your story. Go ahead. Well, for several months, I was experiencing what I can only describe as the worst pain that I've ever felt in my life in my left ear. Uh, it honestly felt like somebody was taking an ice pick and stabbed it in my ear. It would come on randomly, um, and there was really nothing that made it feel better. There was nothing that made it feel worse. I didn't know what the signs were, you know, that, okay, it's about to happen. Well, it was around the time that you had first calling for, you know, altar calls for healing, and you said, does anybody have a pain right here on their left ear? Well, around that time, it had gotten so bad that the entire left side of my face went numb. And so I said, you know, I, I need to go up there. So I make my way to the altar, and Pastor James was up here, and he had asked me, you know, what can I pray for you about? And I said, well, my left ear. So he says, okay, well, let me pray for you. So he prays for me, and he's asked, does it feel any better? I say, well, I don't know. It just kind of comes on randomly. He says, all right, well, let me pray for you again. So he prays for me, and around this time, service was dismissing, so I make my way back to my seat after I thanked him. And a few months went by, and all I, I caught myself thinking, like, I, I haven't had any pain at all. Like, it, it should have hurt by now, but it hasn't. Well, at that exact moment, my other ear started hurting the exact same way in the exact same amount of pain. So I had life group that night. I belonged to Pastor Dwayne's men's life group. And at the end of life group, he always asks, is there anything anybody needs prayer for? So I said, well, Pastor James prayed for my left ear a few months ago. Now my right ear is hurting. So he prays for me right there on the spot. And that's been five, six months now, and I've had absolutely no pain at all. I Praise love God. it. I love it. I love it. Thank you. Thank you. The reason why I'm sharing this testimony is the Bible says this in Psalms uh, 26, verse 8. It says, I love to come to the sanctuary of the Lord because it's where his presence dwells. So you are in the presence of God right now, and people get healed here so often that it's oftentimes not when somebody is laying their hands on them and praying for them. Most often what we're seeing is nobody's praying for them at all. So while you're sitting in your seat, I want you to expect that if you need that. So I'm going to dive into the talk that we're going to jump into, but before I do, uh, let me just say this. If the Holy Spirit does what I think he's going to do at the end of the service, and he's his own person, um, and I can't make him do anything, but if he does what I think he's going to do, the end of the service is going to be really special. Um, 
And so therefore, if you're in the room and you have a baby, then I would like for you to, we have a live feed right out there in the lobby. There's a room right there where you can watch the entire service uh, on a live feed. Um, so that way, um, nobody gets distracted from the cutie. Uh, but this is what we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about if the Apostle Paul were to walk down this aisle and he were to take my mic and put it on his head, and I were to sit down and listen to him speak, what message would he have for you and I this morning? Now, he wrote more than half of the New Testament. So it's like throwing darts. I have no idea what he would speak about. But when I read all of his books and I see a common thread going through, it's a safe bet to say that it would sound something like, if not exactly like, what he wrote in the book of 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 20. And uh, it, all my notes are inside the app if you want to follow along with me. But would you go ahead and put up the 20th verse for me um, on the screen? This is what it says. It says, in a great house. Everybody say great house. One, two, three. One, two, three. In a great house, there are not only vessels made of gold and silver, but also of wood and clay. Some for honor and some for dishonor. And so a vessel is you and I. Every single one of us is a vessel. And so what he's saying is, is he goes, in a house like this, some of these vessels, some of these people, they're a vessel for honor. Other people, they're a vessel for dishonor. Some is a vessel of honor made of gold. Other people are a vessel of wood, dishonor. We're all in the same house, but we're not all the same. And so the people who are a vessel for honor, he describes it. He says this, so cleanse yourself. Everybody say yourself. Nobody's helping you do it. You're doing it on your own. Okay, now in 1 Peter, just so you don't think I am forsaking the message of grace, in 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 2, I don't have it on the screen, but I just want you to know that I know it. Okay, it says, God the Father, who knew you long ago and called you, whose Holy Spirit made you holy, so I know the Holy Spirit makes you holy. You don't need to preach at me. And the scripture goes on to say, as a result, you obeyed and the blood of Jesus cleansed you. So I get it. But these scriptures are not conflicting. They're going in parallel. The Holy Spirit makes you holy, which means holiness means to be set apart. Uh, you three people right here, actually, no, you three people right here, right here, all three of you, come here, come here, come here, come here, come here, um, stand right up here. Um, so if these three guys, <laughs> I love Texas, <laughs> I 
I love Texas. If these three guys are all friends, which they are, and the Holy Spirit were to make one of them holy, it means this, that he, the Holy Spirit is setting one of them apart. He set them apart. You guys... You guys, you're, you're of, he's been set apart. So the Holy Spirit makes you holy. Now, go ahead and sit down. You did great. Let's just, parte- let's just pretend that I'm him. And I'm like this. Now, the Holy Spirit has already marked me to be holy. But now Paul is saying, cleanse yourself. So I'm hanging out. The Holy Spirit has already made me holy. And I'm going, I am going to go ahead and take responsibility of making myself holy. I'm not going to do this and I'm not going to do that anymore. I'm not going to say that. I'm not going to do that anymore. Are you with me? Say yes. All right. Give these guys a round of applause, will you? So go to uh, verse 21, where he says, So therefore, cleanse yourself from the latter, then you will be a vessel of honor, sanctified and ready. I'm ready. Put me in, coach. I'm ready. Say when. I'm ready. Ready for the master for any good work. So you decide if you're a vessel of dishonor or if you're a vessel of honor ready for a good work. Now, what's cool is that Paul makes everything crystal clear. So let's just act like we're in a few good men for a minute. I'm going to say, am I clear? And I want everyone here to go. You've seen the movie. Am I clear? See, some of you said it exactly like Tom Cruise. Crystal. Have I been clear? So this is what Paul says. He gets crystal clear about what is honor and what is not. Now go to the next verse, please. He says this. See if this. Flee. Which means run. That's right. Flee does not mean flirt. I don't know how they translated that in Spanish. Does that translate? Are you hearing that translator? Flee means run. So flee. If you want to be a vessel of honor, flee also youthful lusts. What are youthful lusts? Not hard to figure out. I'm not going to spend a lot of time talking about this. Look at the average 16-year-old girl. Look at the average 16-year-old boy. 
The Bible says this. Leave that up there. 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verse 11. When I was a child, I spoke as a child. I thought as a child. I reasoned as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. See, at a certain point in everyone's life, something clicks. And you say, when I was a little girl, I thought like a little girl. I spoke like a little girl. I reasoned like a little girl. But when I became a woman, I put away those childish things. When I was a child, I thought as a child. I spoke as a child. But when I became a man, I put away those childish things. Are you with me? Say yes. If you're with me, say yes. And so this is what he says. He goes, I want you to run. Run from youthful lust. But instead, pursue righteousness, faith, love, peace with those who call on the Lord out of a pure heart. Come on up here real quick, real quick, real quick. If him and I are boys, boys, but that says, call on the Lord out of, no, with those, everybody say with those, with those those who call on the Lord out of a pure heart, if he's not doing it. Are you with me? Say yes. Was it when I was a child? I thought as a child. You've been knowing me since we've been boys for 20 years. When I was a child, I spoke as a child. There's a certain point where you begin to feel the Holy Spirit pull you and tug you. See, you say, "What's what's the benefit? Because you're giving up so much. You know, I'm not talking this way anymore. I'm not dressing this way anymore. I'm not treating people this way anymore. I'm not listening to this. I'm not watching that. Man, you're really sacrificing a lot. Why? 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 So I can go to heaven. No, you don't get to heaven with your works. You get to heaven because you believe in Jesus. You're in. So why would you choose to do all these things? Just so you can be a vessel of honor. I'm so glad you asked. (laughs) See, when you're a vessel of honor, God says, wow. I, my spirit, made you holy. He set you apart. Now you're setting yourself apart. Now I'm going to give you things so that you can do my will. See, the tools, the giftings that you need 
to do God's will. You can't get them anywhere else except from in his presence. What you learn in the presence of God, you cannot learn in the presence of man. You can't. You can't. You cannot learn it. I talk to other Christians just like you all the time. And you can talk to them and you can tell. You don't spend time with him. It's not in there. You're going to heaven, I'm sure. And I'm thrilled about that. But you haven't made the decisions. You haven't made the decisions. See, the Holy Spirit will back up and there's nine particular gifts that we know most about. There's lots of others. But Paul says this in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And he takes the Holy Spirit and he gives you gifts. Sometimes your assignment needs wisdom. And so he puts wisdom in you. I'm not talking about what you can learn at Texas University. <laughs> I had to. I, I'm not talking about what it's he puts wisdom in you. You can't learn it. He puts knowledge in you. Some of us who wish we had more faith, he puts faith in you. Sometimes your assignment, you'll be talking to somebody and they need a miracle. They don't need good counseling. They need a miracle. He gives you power to cause that miracle to happen. He gives you a prophetic word to prophesy into a person's life. He gives you the power to heal that person. See, in 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 11, Paul says, I pray that you have the power to do what you're believing for. A lot of people believe that God can, but they never see it happen. Paul says in 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 11, it's easy to remember, 1, 1, 1. 2 Thessalonians 1, verse 11, I pray that the power gets put in you. And so now I stand up here and I say, or Paul would say, cleanse yourself because this right here is worth living for. This right here is worth living for. This right here is worth living for. This is the only reason why you're still on the earth. You are not in the earth so that you can save your money up and buy a 911 Porsche. You are not on this earth so that you can start a business. You are not on this earth so that you can make a whole bunch of money and do a whole bunch of sit-ups and have a six-pack. That's not why you're here. You are on this earth because he needs you. He needs you. And so many people are not available because they're not willing to cleanse themselves. Whenever I pray by myself at home, and this is always very awkward for me to share. You have no idea how awkward it is. 
But I had somebody tell me recently that it helps their prayer life. Just, I need a ringer like you, just so you know. <laughs> Answer the phone and say, like, the pastor wants to know why you're not in church. Just... <laughs> whenever I pray I usually don't sit down and pray because I get sleepy if you want to know the truth whenever I pray I always do a couple things number one I get out a pen and paper and I set it right there because as soon as I start praying I'm going to start thinking about everything else I need to do I need to go get milk. (laughs) I need to call my dad. I need to mow the grass. And if I write it down, I won't think about it anymore. Go get milk. I can go back to praying. So I write it down. I'm not thinking about it anymore. Now it's just me and the Lord. I shut the door. When I, I usually pray with my eyes closed because my heart sees better with my eyes closed. So when I'm in my room or at the office, I put my earphones in and it just plays white noise. It sounds like this. Download it on my app. Because I promise you, as soon as I go pray, my dog, he's possessed with the devil, just so you know. If I'm at the church, as soon as I start praying, the mailman's going to come. Is it 65, 65, or 63, 63? It's going to happen every time. I can't hear anything else. And then I back up. And then I begin to tell the Lord. And if you would, while I'm praying, don't pray with me. Just let me feel awkward by myself, okay? But when I pray, I put my hands in the air. Because when you raise your hands, it means you're surrendering. I close my eyes. And I just say, whatever comes in my heart. Like this morning, my alarm went off at 5 a.m., And I knew that you guys were going to be here and I didn't want to be here by myself without his presence. And so I said, I need you. I need you more. More than yesterday. I need you more. More than words can say. I need you more. More than the air I breathe. More than my words can sing. I need you more. See, it's not about memorizing scripture. It's about connecting. And then I imagine I'm seeing him. And if I could see him, I probably wouldn't be standing like this. I'd probably be standing like this. And so I say, I need you more. More than yesterday, I need you more. More than words can say, I need you more. More than the air I breathe, 
more than a words can say. I need you more. And then a thought will come to my mind about how bad I want to be a vessel. Right about then, I'll think how bad I want it. And I'll tell the Lord what Paul said, however my life means nothing to me. My life means nothing to me, if only to finish the race and complete the task. The task of testifying of your wonderful grace. I need you more. And then here it comes. This is the deal breaker. Everything's fun and games until this moment right here. Holy Spirit, is there anything in my life that you don't like? Is there anything? Because there's nothing in my life I love so much that I'm willing to hang on to if it means I'm not a vessel of honor. Is there anything? And about that time, see what I've learned about the Holy Spirit is if you ask him a question, he'll answer it. And a lot of times it's like lightning, a thought just comes to my mind. not emotional it just comes to my mind and I know and it's it happens like this okay okay and I'll pretend like I'm holding that whatever I've been doing or whatever I need to start doing I'll say okay okay and then sometimes what he asks for is something that only he knows about and it feels like heart surgery. And my heart starts breaking. <laughs> and it's hard for me to say, okay. Certain things he asks for, it's easy. Sometimes he asks for something. It just, oh, it hurts. It hurts because in full transparency, I don't want to stop doing whatever he's asking me to stop doing. And I don't want to start doing whatever he's asking me to start doing. And I'll put my hands on my face and say, are you so, God, why, why, oh, God. God, help me, help me, help me, help me, help me. And after I wrestle, sometimes I cry. Sometimes I'm broken. But at the end, he always wins. And I'll say, okay, 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 okay. I want it so bad. I want it so bad. I'll do it. Or I'll stop doing it. Or I'll start doing it. Whatever it is. 
I'm not teaching alone this morning. I'm in a partnership. You can see me and you can hear me. But my partner, you can't see. He's walking around you. He's with you. And up until this moment, in my partnership, I've been doing all the talking. So now I'm just going to stop talking. And I'm going to let the Holy Spirit take over for a little while. And what I want you to do is I just want you to bow your head, not yet, and ask the Lord, is there anything? Is there anything? Is there anything? And you have your own relationship with him. It's not, it's unique. And you'll respond in your own way. But if you know that you're having a moment with him because you feel yourself getting emotional or maybe the thought just comes to your mind, I want you to respond. If you think like I think, why do I have to respond? Why don't he just do his thing? That's not the way he operates. If you read your Bible, every time Jesus blesses somebody, it always says what they did in response. So what I want you to do is I just want you to stand to your feet. Not yet. <laughs> and whatever he's asked you for, I want you to just hold it in your hands. Now, you may not stand up. You may not stand up. Because the only people that I want to stand up are people that feel the Holy Spirit troubling them. You feel them troubling your heart. You feel them troubling your spirit. You feel yourself getting emotional. And if you're not the emotional kind, that means you're not crying, but you're being troubled. And if the Holy Spirit doesn't move, then nobody will stand. But if he does, I want you to respond. And by all means, if nobody stands, don't say, oh my gosh, I love Frankie. I don't want him to feel stupid, so I'm going to stand. <laughs> don't do that. Either God moves or he doesn't. Holy Spirit, You showed me this moment in my mind. Would you just take over and do whatever you want to do and begin to touch your people 
And if you do stand and you do want to come down to the altar, you're welcome to. Or you can just stand where you're at. Holy Spirit, begin to move right now. Begin to move right now. You promised in Ezekiel 36, 26 that you would give us a new heart and a new spirit. That you would remove the heart of stone and give us a heart of flesh. If you want anyone here to have a new heart, if you want to give anyone here a new spirit, would you do it right now, please? My eyes are closed, and I don't know who's standing. Maybe nobody's standing. I'm sure, I feel like, but if the Lord's touching you, please don't choose to just sit there. Respond. Not for my sake. I, I'm not a part of this. I just want him to know that you do want a new heart and you do want a new spirit and you do want to be that holy vessel. In the name of Jesus. Holy Spirit, move in this room. If you need a healing in your body, and you're already standing, just raise your hands a little bit higher. If you're sitting down and you need a healing in your body, just stand up and raise your hands. Holy Spirit, we trust you. We trust you. In James 5.15, it says that the prayer of faith will heal the sick and you will make them whole. I pray that your word is living and active, sharper than a double-edged sword. In the name of Jesus, sickness, we rebuke you in Jesus' name. Love you, Jesus. Oh, we love you, Jesus. As quietly as you can, prayer partners, would you come out of your seat and come down here, if you would, as quietly as you can. Lord, we love you, Jesus. Can we turn this the next few moments into just like a, a, a sanctuary of whispers, a sanctuary of whispers, and just say, I love you, I love you, I love you. A sanctuary of whispers, do you hear me? I love you. Participate with me, will you? I love you. I love you. Maybe you want to say thank you, thank you. Go ahead. Just a sanctuary of whispers. Go ahead. We love you, Jesus. 
I know this isn't church as usual. If you're a visitor here, you're like, this is not church as usual. That's church as usual is no longer our goal. The reason why I asked the prayer partners to come down is because in Psalms 56, 9, it says every time you pray, the tide of the battle turns. Every time. Some of you, it's not a physical need. It's financial. It's your marriage. It's your children. Every time you pray. So I don't care what your need is. Maybe it is physical. I want you to come out of your seat and come take the hand of a prayer partner and let them pray over you. You didn't come to church to sing songs. You didn't come to church to hear a speaker. You came to church with the hope and the expectation of being close to the Lord. Would you all stand to your feet for me, please? I'd like our worship team to come forward. Just raise your hands right where you're at. Lord, we love you. Lord, we love you, Jesus. We're here because we love you. We're here because you love. we love you. We're here because we love you, Jesus. There's no official dismissal. You can leave whenever you get ready. But I just pray the priestly blessing over every person here. May the Lord bless you. May he keep you. May his face shine down upon you and be gracious to you. May his countenance be lifted up on you and bring you peace. In Jesus' name.